Good morning to each of you and greetings in Jesus' name. For the children, I want to ask you all a few questions. What did Moses see that was really attractive? What did Moses see that was really attractive? Do you remember? Yes, the burning bush. Would you have gone to see that? If you saw a bush burning up on the mountain, would you go see it? Fire is attractive. For you all that saw that big stump that was burning at the, uh, the Wednesday evening, that was attractive. Are there other things that we see that are attractive? And I think that there are many things that we see that are, are very attractive. Some of these are man-made. But a lot of these things that we see that are attractive are a design of God. And we see right now the changing of the seasons, the leaves turning colors and falling. And it is it's just amazing to see how God in His great design, does things that are just attractive. And what are they for? What are they for? I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Exodus chapter 12. And I'm sure you're wondering, why in the world is he turning here? But uh, bear with me. Exodus chapter 12, we know of Moses being chosen, called of God to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. <clears throat> people that God had chosen, people that God said He would bless and bring out of save, slavery. We know about those amazing things that happened in Egypt with those plagues. And we also read about God instituting the Passover and then miraculously delivering the children of Israel out of the hand of Pharaoh. In Exodus chapter 12, starting at verse 33, we're going to skip a, a bunch of that because I wanted to kind of get a little more to maybe where I want to be. Verse 33, it says, And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We all be dead men. Now this was after the Passover. This was after the, the angel had gone through and uh, slain the firstborn where the blood was not applied to the door. And it says, And the people took their dough before it was leavened, and their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the words of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptian jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. Now, this was a people that was in bondage. And these people were so, these Egyptian people were so desperate to get rid of these people that were bringing judgment, I would say, on them, that they were just like, get out, leave, I'll give you everything here. 
everything that we have. And it says that they spoiled the Egyptians. And I want you to think about with me just a little bit, if you were one of those Hebrew children and you saw all of these mighty things that had happened, and very few of those things happened actually to the children of Israel because they followed in obedience. But I can imagine for the children and even for some of the young people that this was a, an exciting adventure. Packing up their belongings, herding the animals, leaving what was normal for something that was new. Seeing that pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night. I want you to skip over then to chapter 13, verse 21. And it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. That burning bush up on that mountain was something unusual, something astounding, something attractive. And it drew Moses to that bush. The works that God had done in, in Egypt were something that were supernatural, unheard of. And these people witnessed that. And then as they left Egypt, Moses leading the way, they had this pillar of cloud by day and fire by night to lead them, to illuminate the way. And to me, that would have been an incredible sight to see. But imagine the fear when the children of Israel saw the Egyptian army coming after them. Chapter 14. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. This is verse 10. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Skipping down to verse 13, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall behold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall, shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. We were at Ebenezer Friday evening for Hannah's musical program or their school's program. And they sang a song about Moses and about the children of Israel being delivered. And part of that song said, And the Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And we have that peace available to us. And we know the rest of the story. The people of Israel, the children of Israel, go through the sea on dry ground. The Egyptian enemy pursues, and God destroyed them in the waters. Thus, the people were delivered. But what were they delivered from? And for what purpose? If we look 
at some of these mighty happenings. As we look at this interesting account of the children of Israel being delivered, we see the mighty power of God. But we see something that is foretold, and that is to bring God glory. The glory of the Lord. Isn't all scripture and all of life to bring glory to God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ? We see this happening, and we see the darkness. We, saw, we look at this account, and we see the darkness. But then we look at the end result, and we see the deliverance. We see a people that really, really suffered. And God, through His great power, did some amazing things to rescue His people from bondage. But let's put that in spiritual terms for you and for I. And this Sunday school lesson this morning is a sobering account of not living in obedience or not telling the truth. And it's darkness. But God has provided a way through Jesus Christ. And that is that light to guide us. Jesus Christ. It was a fulfillment of promise. But ultimately as we read scripture. These things are to bring glory to the Lord. Now let's move to the New Testament. Luke chapter 2, when the birth of Jesus was announced, God's glory was a shining light. And it appeared to those humble shepherds. Luke 2 verse 8 says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. This is a physical light that shone round about. And it says, and they were sore afraid. But where did this light come from? It came from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That light that dispelled the darkness back when the children of Israel were being delivered was a light to light their path out of bondage. And we see in the New Testament... This light that's shining out of darkness, Jesus Christ, was sent to give us light to lead us out of darkness for the glory of the Lord. And when Jesus walked this earth, He said Himself, His reason was to bring salvation to mankind, but also to bring glory to the Father. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of John, chapter 17. This was Jesus' prayer for His disciples, for you and I. And these words, chapter 17, verse 1, 
These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son. Jesus knew that his time here on earth, that he had shined this light up into a point, And he had delivered that message of salvation to his people. Just like Moses had taken those people out of the plagues, out of Egypt, out of bondage, and walked through that sea on dry ground. And the enemy was destroyed. Just as they were delivered, Jesus came to shine that light to guide us through that desert, through that Red Sea, and deliver us from bondage, from the bondage of sin. And it says here, These words spake Jesus and lifted up His eyes in heaven, to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Thy Son, that Thy Son also may glorify Thee. As Thou hast given Him power over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as Thou hast given Him, to as many as have seen the light that God provided for mankind. And this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. I have glorified Thee on the earth. I have finished the work which Thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify Thou me with Thine own self, with the glory which I had with Thee before the world was. Imagine what it was like in heaven with God the Father in all of His glory, and Jesus Christ His Son by His side. Imagine what that glory was like. Verse 6 says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. And they have kept thy word. Now they have known all that things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. And they have received them, and have known surely that I come out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Jesus came with a purpose. As we look at the Old Testament, Moses was born for a purpose. And he was drawn out for a purpose. The children of Israel were also chosen for a purpose. As an example of what our life is like. Being in bondage. Being in bondage to sin and Satan. And then we have a deliverer rise up. And they had a deliverer rise up. Moses. We have a deliverer that has risen up, Jesus Christ, for a purpose. He was here but for a season, and it says he accomplished everything that the Father had for him to do. And he was here to glorify the Father and to be glorified by those that were his. And that's you and I. The Old Testament 
spoke of a light coming, a light that would rise and be seen. In Isaiah chapter six, is Isaiah 60, verse 1, it says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gropes darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of the rising. It says that this light was coming. And this light was to illuminate those that were in darkness. And it says specifically, And to the Gentiles shall come to thy light. That is you and I, people. Because unless we have Jewish ancestry, we are that group of people that the light was cast to guide us into all truth. And we read in Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it said, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophet, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of God, right hand of the majesty on high. This light that God had chosen, that God had planned from the very beginning to light the light, the life of Jews and Gentiles alike, spoke, was spoken of by the prophets. And then by Jesus himself, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, he upholdeth all things by the word of his power, God's word that we read today. So what is the brightness of his glory? If we look in Psalm 24, it says the Lord, I'm sorry, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? It says, He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. And I'll stop there. Because that ties in so well with our Sunday school lesson. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, and hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord. And so it is an ongoing thing for each of us. This is the generation of them that shall seek him. That seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your he heads, O ye gates, 
and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. So as we look at the children of Israel, we see a suffering people. And we see the suffering and deliverance of the children as ultimately for the glory of God. We see Jesus come as a babe in a manger and that glory shining round, round about those shepherds in the field. Jesus living, then suffering, and then giving His life a ransom for many. And it was for the glory of God, for His glory. So how much more should we consider ourselves, our lives, as living for the glory of God? Turn with me, if you will, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthians, and he says here in Corinthians chapter 3, Ye are our epistles, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. We don't have to go much further than that. Because if you think about that verse and apply that verse to your life and I, I to mine, that's going to speak volumes. I had a man come to me one time and share. Davey, he said, I'd like you to talk to someone and just tell them that you feel like that I'm on the right road. And I told this person, I said, your life will speak volumes. Your life will speak whether you are on the right road or not. And our lives speak loud and clear. Our lives speak where we're going and what we're heading towards. Our lives speak very loud and clear where we are. For ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men, for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. How do we glorify God? How can we exemplify the glory of the Lord? By the lives that we live. By the way that we act in everyday life. And it says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is in God. Verse 6 says, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. You are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you may not stand up here and preach, 
But as you live your life day by day, people see the gospel of Jesus Christ lived out in your life or maybe not. Verse 12. It says, Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. It's very clear. We don't have to mince words. We don't have to speak eloquently. It says, seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Share your testimony. It's very clear. When you share your own experience, it is very clear to people. When you live your life and a life of holiness or not, it's very clear to people. Seeing then that we have such hope, we have hope that is unmeasurable through Jesus Christ. And we can use great plainness of speech to proclaim the glory of the Lord. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. I will never forget that these verses were a theme of one of our revival meetings. Verse 17, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Daryl spoke of an ongoing work in his devotional. And I see in these verses, we can see the glory of the Lord, but it's not as clear as what it will be one day when with open face we are changed into that image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. But I will dare say that as you have embraced Christ in your life, you probably understand and can see more clearly things today than you did many years ago because that's the way it has been for me that we are being changed in the same image of Jesus Christ God the Father from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord and so how are we to glorify God? Philippians 2.5 let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. That, people, is a tough job for all of us. At least it is for me. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the title of the sermon, To the Glory of God. 
May we be challenged to live a life that brings glory to God in fashion after Jesus Christ, who is Lord of glory. God bless you.